You're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcaster Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition, episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. Have I ever shared with the audience that I hate, with a white-hot hate, past episode clip shows? Have I ever shared with the audience that I hate, with a white-hot hate, past episode clip shows? Have I ever shared with the audience that I hate, with a white-hot hate, past episode clip shows? It's time for the Curious Kids Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and an educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 1, Episode 26, Bottle of Dreams. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. We have so much to talk about. In fact, no housekeeping is worthy of this episode because (laughs) this is... The review of a clip show, dude. It's the final episode of season one, man. This is insanity. There's way too much to get to. In particular, the retelling of this episode, which will begin right now. A fog-ridden room filled with antiques, and Ryan's voice leads us into this episode. Mickey comes into frame with a gorgeous red dress, and Jack, well, Jack's got a tux. It's party time! They're all celebrating good luck and bringing home the antique bacon! It's time for champagne! The hunt and recovery of cursed antiques and objects has gone great and is super memorable! The street bell inside the shop rings, and a cloaked figure hands Ryan something, and then exits very quickly. The three of them circle around it, and they find that it's an urn, an ancient Egyptian jar. It used to hold the internal organs of mummies. Wow. Hand delivered. Mickey and Ryan head for the vault to put the jar away with all the other cool, kick-ass things inside the vault. Jack doesn't remember that item in the manifest, however, Nick. Yeah, it's very strange. Very strange. It's, It's listed in the manifest, but there's no buyer. And there's no information about it. It seems like it just magically appeared. Appeared out of nowhere, along with a cloth that has the strange smell. Hmm, what could that smell be? Could it be the ancient leftovers of perhaps a mummy? Could it be some of the ancient entrails that those that have gone way before us have left to provide odor so as for us to take notice? No, it's something much more incredibly heinous. It's something that smells even more terrible than anything you could possibly imagine. It's a clip show. We're in hell, Mike. We are in hell, but at least it's only 43 minutes of hell. Jack literally smells something terrible inside of the cloth rag doodad thing that accompanies the urn. The urn is now in the vault, but leaps from Ryan's hands and begins to emit something... Terrible! It is terrible! The ground and the building begin to shake. Green smoke engulfs the vault. The door locks itself. They can't get out, even as Jack tries to open the door. Mickey and Ryan are being overcome by the green smoke. Jack calls, not the police, not the fire department. 
not Homeland Security. He calls his buddy Rashid. Hey, man, how fast can you get over here? Inside the vault, the original black and white doll awakens, and we find ourselves in the true nightmare of <gasps> reruns, not the reruns. It's time to play clips of previous programs because we don't have any new content beyond the short shrift details that have been filmed and showcased inside this episode. Later on, inside that episode, revisit that everybody remembers, but you've seen it so long ago, you might not remember, is the climax of the first episode, where then Ryan screams. Suddenly, Rashid arrives, and Jack fills him in with the details. Rashid inspects the cloth that was included with the urn. As Jack describes the head of Anubis, Rashid says that it's probably too late to do anything, and suddenly... The visage of Uncle Lewis laughing quietly appears in the mirror on the wall. Rashid pulls the UV light device doohickey thing from his bag and sees an image that's on the rag. It's very interesting. It's a hawk-headed god. The jar was emitting green gas, but now the vault cannot be opened. And the problem... The fate of those that take in the gas will experience the forever death, where they relive their most terrible experiences from the past. We as an audience will also succumb to this fate because this is a frickin' clip show. It's a clip show bonanza. A clip show bonanza most foul. According to the one and a half writers that could be afforded for this episode, Ryan and Mickey only have four hours, i.e. now 31 minutes, left until they are forever taken and unrecoverable. And now it's time to head back to episode three, where a bronze cupid is the culprit. It's horror, horror most foul. And now Mickey screams as Rashid and Jack mix drinks for us all. Yes, it's time to drink deeply to try and forget this episode. Rashid begins an Egyptian incantation, and Purple Fizz bubbles and then stops. Ah, strawberry soda. It's tasty strawberry soda, but most foul. There's only one thing to be done. Jack must go into the nightmare as well, because another person needs to have the experience of yet another clip into the death dream and memory loop clip episode horror that is episode 26. Mickey jerks and shudders, and now, yes, it's time for more remembered nonsensical clip show whimsy, where we're guided to visit episode number 11. It's a scary scarecrow. More Mickey screaming, and now we're all stained by the tattoo. Back inside the Curious Goods antique shop, Rashid and Jack are carefully concocting something. Jack's going to drink it and hang on. The ground once again rumbles and, oh, the ghost of Uncle Lewis once again appears. He again is cackling at, we the audience, because we have to watch this clip show. Everybody would laugh at us if they knew we were watching it. Uncle Lewis begins to tell the tale of exactly what is going on here in long sentences, because, of course, there's at least 17 minutes that needs to be filled inside this episode that isn't going to be a piece of a clip show from a previous episode of Friday the 13th, the series. That or cost savings for the network. The niece and nephew are now paying the price. Really? It's time for Satan's toys that will sweep across like an unholy tide. An unholy tide, very much like this episode. And now it's time for Jack to die because he's going to hell. Just like Uncle Lewis said he is because Uncle Lewis wants to take Jack's place. Hey, dig it. Rashad casts another super kick-ass Egyptian spell and Lewis quickly disappears as a clip of episode number seven, the Dr. Jack episode, appears on the screen. Mickey continues screaming as do we all and snap back to episode number 10, the comic laced awesome of Tales of the Undead. It's robotic. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Jack and Rashid sit before a candle illuminated pentagram. Rashad says that Jack cannot let Mickey and Ryan die inside the dream because if they do, then he too dies in real life. 
Satan doesn't fight fair, so too bad for you. And now it's time for more cool kick-ass Egyptian incantations. Hmm, hummy, 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 more humming sounds. Hmm, and of course, more clips. Jack fades into a dark, scream-filled world. Oh no, it's bad special effects and stage lighting with <gasps> props from past episodes. Wow. Oh, wait a second. Who is that? It's Jack's kid. You know, Peter. Somebody we're just meeting for the first time. Lewis says, You can save your son's soul. You can save him now, Jack. All you gotta do is abandon the search. Jack doesn't buy any of this, and blubbers just a tiny bit, but knows that Lewis does not have his son for real, because he's dead. More on that later. Oh, and hey, look, it's Ryan writhing. As we sprint back quickly to episode 13, The Baron's Bride, behold, it's quintessential reruniness. Uncle Lewis now chooses to visit Rashid, and guess what? He's next! Rashid doesn't believe any of it, and Rashid is within the friendly confines of the pentagram, so up yours, Uncle Lewis. Inside the dream, Jack finds a strange force field. That's a pretty cool force field, eh, Nick? Not really. Not really. No, not really. Not really at all. Uncle Lewis is once again an appropriate, dreamy stage lighting. Jack's got nothing for him. Time has finally run out as the clock begins to chime. Rashid continues to chant incantations and, oh, wait a minute, it's time for more clippy flashbackness from The Baron's Bride, episode 13. Jack is screaming inside the dream for Mickey and Ryan. Mickey! Ryan! Over here! Dude, he's over there! He's inside the hot fire, hot mess of special effects right over there. They reach out and get back to Jack, and now it's time for Rashid to pull them all out. The clock finally strikes the last stroke of midnight. Jack rushes to the vault, and there is silence? Then the doors open, and a group hug. My god, Nick. It's a group hug. All is well. It's time for blankets for the kiddos, an ice pack for Rashid, and a slug of whiskey for Jack. Jack Marshak, man of action. Jack shares that he saw his son, his dead son, inside. He was a gifted, psychic, super-duper child. Yes, and as Mickey and Ryan try to press for information, Rashid tells them that Jack needs a little time to himself and explains that at 12 years old, Jack's son Peter was a very gifted clairvoyant and wanted to help a female friend of his who was locked away because everybody thought she was insane, but she wasn't. She was possessed. So he found one of his dad's books about going into the dream plane. Saved the girl's life from the uh, the, the possession, but uh, did not have an anchor, a psychic anchor to the real world, and perished inside the dream world. Bummer. It sucks to die in the dream plane. And now it's over. No, wait. No, it's not. Our final vision is of a cackling, snickering Uncle Lewis that is showcased inside a suddenly cracked mirror. Maybe that Uncle Lewis and the dreaded clip show will be back inside of season two or three of Friday the 13th, the series. Inside of every episode of Friday the 13th, we find the goods. Here are the goods, as difficult as they were to find, inside this episode. Continued character development. You and I always praise this show because, look at here, even in the terrible trenches of clippy, episode-repeating, crappy, clippy showness, here are some super detailed, juicy tidbits of one Jack Marshak. Yes. Anytime there is continued character development for any of our three main characters, it is always a plus. It's the only way that a show like this that incorporates three main characters having a different adventure every single week being an anthology show it's the only way that the audience won't get bored because if the characters yeah, don't develop then it, that nobody cares who cares about the the cursed objects are great but if it's just these three people who never change it's just okay well 
time to make the donuts. Yeah. No, no, no nobody no wants that. Care. Right. Yeah. There, there and, has to be there has to be a continuation of the reasons why they do what they do, uh, things that affect their lives and change them for good or bad. Mm-hmm. We got to have that, and we get a huge revelation about Jack in this episode. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's at the. It's not even the tail end. It's the. It, it's the epitaph of the episode. I mean, it's on its way out. You, right, you right. It's, it, on definitely, you. it definitely it's shows terrible. up within the last 20 minutes while he's wandering around in dream hell. And then we get the, the full story. And, As and an afterthought. Know, I, kind of an afterthought. Well, I mean, it's 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 a, I want to say that it's a dangling Chad because I, I really hope that we go back and touch upon this mm-hmm. in season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope we haven't heard the last of this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, though. I really yeah. don't know. Yeah. Uncle Lewis arriveth. As much as we were to rip on this episode, Nick and I are solid fans of when Uncle Lewis chooses to appeareth, and he does in spades inside this episode. Yeah, besides... Yeah, I, I think this was the glue that held the episode together for me beyond my white-hot hatred of clip shows. Mm-hmm. Really. We're left with a lot of questions because the mysterious shrouded guy who shows up at the very beginning to hand off the urn, where did he come from? You know, this is another example of Lewis still being able to be a puppet master from beyond the grave because mm-hmm. this is exactly how things yeah. got started back in Halloween. Yeah. When Lewis came back for, for those few hours on Halloween night, it's the same thing. He is pulling the strings from beyond the grave and he's not giving up. The weird thing about it is, though, is that in episode one, the whole reason why Lewis dies is because he can't take it anymore and he renounces all of the cursed objects and he's pulled to hell. But then every single time we've seen him since, it's always been mustache twirling. Ah, I will come back and I will be powerful again and, you know, screw you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get it. Nobody wants to be stuck in hell, but... It's kind of making me feel like, well, did he really reject it? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it, it, it's me nitpicking. Well, it, I love it when Lewis is around when he's the bad guy because the actor playing him is is it, one of those actors that can just chew the scenery oh, yeah. and makes you love him being a bad guy. Oh, and I think the I think the writers and the creators recognize that, and that's why we've seen him. Uh, I'm going to say so often. It hasn't been so often. It's been but a handful. Oh, well, yeah. this is the second time this season that he's been the main bad guy. We've seen him in flashbacks, mm-hmm. which is nice. And the, and when, 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 it's, when it's a flashback, not a clip show. Yeah, and those aren't accidental, though, is my point. There, there's a, right. I don't know whether they had him under contract and they had to fulfill it or whatever, but the, the bottom line is that he's very, very tasty, and he's a lot of fun to watch, and I loved getting him. The creative end to clippiness into then reality. What I'm referring to is inside of the Baron's Bride episode, there's a there's an elongated series of black and white scenes that are played out, I think, spectacularly. If I remember that episode, we really both liked that. Yeah. And inside of there, what they've done is they've taken the black and whitiness and morphed that into a now time where they've made the both Ryan and Mickey look like they were inside that episode mm. inside of the I think reasonably all right done stage lighting mm-hmm. that then will graft instantaneously inside of this episode when they when they ungrayscale the imagery that they've got. Right. And I think that having to dig for good things inside this episode, that's definitely one of them because it's it's crisp. It happens where there's there's whatever was going on, then the marrying of the the costume and the makeup change, and then back into where they're literally in the same room with Jack. That all worked wonderfully, and it was definitely one of the high points of the episode. Right. It's it's definitely a saving grace. Oh yeah. Because uh, they could have they could have tried that trick with any of the episodes that both Mickey and Ryan were <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. Which are the majority of them. Mm-hmm. This one works because it was already black and white, and now we can show the contrast of Mickey and Ryan are over here in the in in their dream, stuck in their dream. There's this weird, fiery, crackling, bad effect, fire, <laughs> hot, hot mess barrier hot yeah. that's there, and Jack yeah. in color is on the other side of this barrier trying to get their attention to come through the barrier. Mm-hmm. Two thumbs up for creativity, where the production design is concerned. 
I don't know if it was written this way, if, if, if the writer had the forethought of doing it like that, or if it was something that was done in post. Who knows? I don't. But at least it worked. Yeah, totally true. And that's where we ask you guys, what on earth did you find positive about this episode? <laughs> Let us know by going over to our website. That's CuriousKidsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form. Tell us what you thought was positive about this episode, please. Well, we've gone through the goods, but now let's wade through the (laughs) not-so-goods of this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. You can literally walk away for minutes at a time. So with the danger of any clip show, you know, you're going to see things that you've already seen. And if you've already seen it, then you're not really missing anything. In other clip shows, if I'm not mistaken, this is one of the longest segmentized clip shows I've ever seen in my life. Because the one that's used that I always use as a clip show hatred, white hot hate point, is the one inside of the Next Generation's second season. Because it is heinous. I mean, it's terrible. I think the only thing that might be better inside that episode is the the rap where everything inside of this one, the rap that they've created is this urn being delivered that is the burrito wrap for everything else that's inside of this. Unfortunately, everything else inside of this is a, is a piece of clip that was from something else. And inside of that episode, it's Riker's been taken over by an alien that has essentially impregnated himself. And I think in, it was either in his neck or his arm or something. I don't remember. Uh, no, it's his, it's his brainstem or something like that. Inside of that one, I mean, it's terrible. And they grab most of the most of the horror-based episodes, so it's even doubly bad because a lot of the horror stuff inside of that first and second season of Next Gen was pretty, pretty terrible. And inside of those, inside of that Next Generation episode, they at least were short. <laughs> and inside of this episode, I'm not kidding. Well, how many do you th- how many clips do you think that they used in that episode? Five. Five. Okay. Maybe. Maybe just five, but they were all short. They were definitively short. Okay, than what so was shown so here. if they were short and they only used five episode clips, for, for, clips from five separate episodes mm-hmm. in a forty-two oh, hour show. That. See, I don't even think it was five different episodes though. I think it was five different clips from a variety of episodes. A variety, not yeah. necessarily a number. You can't come up with a, I, a number. I can't mostly because I've only watched it two or three times. Okay. Because I I do I have a white hot eight for that episode. Well, it would have to be multiple, <clears throat> maybe multiple clips from one particular episode. And it is, it's multiple clips at least from one okay. episode. Well, is that is that any better? No. Well, well, let me ask you. We'll, we'll see. That's the question. We had seven clips mm-hmm. from seven episodes. Mm-hmm. They, they, we didn't double up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Would you have been happier to see shorter clips from more episodes? No. Okay. The, 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 the fact of the matter is that the people that created this episode felt the need to go and create things to fill time, period, paragraph. And the reason you can tell that is because half of the stuff that we watched, it's not even like a, an action scene. Half of, the, half of the things that we see are actually the camera moving into place. Or a scene where you and I both know nothing is going to happen for a series of seconds because we've already seen the damn show. And that's kind of what I'm saying is that in addition to there being no context for anybody that's never seen the show before, you're worthlessly lost inside this episode to begin with. Well, well, yeah, but it's the final episode of the season. So, I mean, if you're if you're personally speaking, if you're dumb enough to watch the last episode of a season first, Mm -hmm. you deserve to be lost. Fine. Anyway, the gist is that they're much too long for as for for as much of a point as was based on the writhing and pseudo triple X movie moaning yeah. that was going on inside of the episode, the the fact is that they stuck with all of the clips far too long. They did, I, and I totally agree that we spent too much time dealing with the clip. Even though that they would t- start with one clip from the episode and then kind of like merge it with a clip from later on in that same episode. So, I mean, it wasn't at least the same thing in a continuous chunk. Some of them were. The beginning <laughs> of the Scarecrow clip is Mickey seeing the severed head, and then we cut immediately to the end of the episode, 
when she's that, being locked in her room yeah. by Margie. Right. And that has no context. In fact, it's the fight. The last piece of that is the fight. Right. The fight that, with, that where stops Ryan before is, the conclusion yeah. of the episode. It's Again, worthless. The, well, uh, it's right. Worthless. Well, it's worthless, but it's not worthless if you've been watching this series. This is stuff you're revisiting. And maybe it had something to do with the particular clips, which leads us to. Clip choice. In a clip show, you could succeed by making it not such a <laughs> a time suck if you have good clips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would have to say about half, half of the episodes that they chose to revisit here weren't all that great to begin with. Right. Some of them were good. But some the of them were that, some of them agreed, were worth to come agreed, back but to. But the clips that they chose from those programs definitively not worth it. Not not so much. Not worth it. Here herein lies the problem though. I wouldn't mind a clip show if they were creative in every single clip like they were at the very end with Mickey and Ryan Back in the wardrobe from the yeah, Baron's no, Bride. Yes, I agree with that. I, we're, we're but of course, that's more money. Yeah, that's more money, and that kind of like uh, defeats the purpose of a clip show because it's to save money. It's to cut costs. It's like okay, it's the end of the season. We're out of money, guys. So clip show. Uh, yeah, and I think I think had we shown clips from better episodes, I walked away during the clip of Tales from the Undead because. Well, A, I've seen it, and B, I hated it. Well, and, and D, you had to go to the bathroom. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the bottom line is that bodily functions matter more than watching this episode. And I didn't bother <laughs> to pause the episode because right. I knew what was going to happen. Right, and you also knew that you had enough time. That's what I'm saying about the length of the, right. of the, they had of the a flashbacks. Lot of the, it's right. crazy. You take all of that stuff out, and there's probably only about maybe 15 minutes of actual... Not film In between before. story. Yeah. yeah. Right. The digital effects. Now, we love talking about the effects on this show because most of the time, both both the practical and the, you know, the pseudo-digital stuff that they're doing on television back then, it's decent. It, it's it, it, Sometimes it's, it's really, really, really good. The practical stuff that they were doing in this episode where Rashid and Jack are trying to conjure a way to open the the vault door. You know, they're tossing different liquids and powders and, and things into a big cauldron, see-through cauldron, which is very interesting. I've never seen a see-through cauldron before, but it's all for the visual effect because it changes color. You know, they toss in something and it goes from white to yellow, and then they toss in something else and it goes from yellow to purple. And then you get the the bubbling and the fizzing. You can't see that if it's in a black cauldron. So, you know, kudos for, you know, the the production team for thinking of doing it like that. But then when we get to the dream world and Jack has to pierce the barrier between Mickey and Ryan's death dream and him just wandering around, I don't know what the hell this was. It was almost like somebody lit a green screen. Well, back then it would be a blue screen on fire and filmed it but well, look, filmed it in slow motion yeah I, I know exactly what this was in case you didn't know i, I have secret knowledge and i'll share with oh, you okay. what it is the, the secret knowledge is that this was a burlap bag that was set ablaze and then filmed in slow motion i'm absolutely certain uh, it, it's something what, uh, stupid that's what it looks like it, it's something stupid because that's what it looks like it also is what was used inside of star trek 5 which came out in that almost same year sometime because the effects suck I mean, like, it's terrible. It is easily one of the most terrible things inside of the entire series. Mike. It's featured inside of the most terrible episode of the entire series Mike, so far. Mike. What? What does God want with a starship? <laughs> what, is it, what does an audience need with a clip show, Nick? Right, it, what, but we're not talking terrible. about clip shows. We're talking about the effects. True. The effect, the, that the, effect the, was terrible. That effect was terrible, especially when Jack touches it. And it sound the the sound effect that they use was something from the uh, an Atari game. I mean, seriously, it was like Bion ColecoVision. ColecoVision. I mean, literally, because it fits. It, it, it totally fits. It does. It totally fits. It's out of phase. It's out of time, and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. Bonus bag. Normally, we don't do this. It's, we usually try to keep it with uh, talking about three good points and three bad points, but. 
because of Mike's white hot hate for this episode, <laughs> we have decided to add a bonus, bonus bad. A bonus bad. And that is a clip show? Really? I do not hate clip shows as much as my co-host oh, does. I dislike them. He white hot hates them. <laughs> there's, there's nothing. There's nothing but this white steaming pile <laughs> of nothing but anything for clip shows. Right. And it, what, here's what I don't understand. One, you'd mentioned that typically clip shows are not featured inside of the first season of anything. Usually you don't see that in the first season. I, I, I agree with you totally. I, I get that. Two, clip shows suck. It, it, it's where the it is the it is the apogee of budget and creative thought and what we don't get to do, and it is it is so perilous because it's what you absolutely do not want to showcase to an audience. Whenever we talk about television, I always talk about this. I would rather see nothing than an episode that impacts the audience negatively. Mm. And so, as I say those words, I want all of you to just stop for a second. Forget about our white-hot hatred. Forget about all the stuff that we're talking about right now. What I want you to think about is this. How many episodes of any television show that you've seen that were bad, like you watch the show and you go, my God, what happened? Or, if you know our rating system, anything that was a three or less, let's say that. And you wonder, what, what on earth happened there? And if you remove that episode, and it's not in the lexicon of whatever television you're referring to, does it not make the whole greater? And the answer is, it's going to be yes. If you could run through any series, not unlike this one, and remove this episode, would the series not be better off where it ends, as it ended, inside of episode 25 for this season? And the answer is yes. I don't need anything that is a pseudo wrap up. We don't. I like how the episode starts where it's kind of a party of, wow, we've really gotten through this first one. Oh, awesome. And that's okay. But that you have to use the clip show because either budget or creative talent or because the powers that be say so. I vote that you just don't have one. Take all that budget, all that effort, all of the hatred you're going to get from fans and uh, critics like us Mm -hmm. and dump that into whatever is going to come. True. I agree with you. But let me ask you a question. If you had to have a clip show, you just have to. Would you have rather seen what we saw, where Mickey and Ryan are trapped in the vault, breathe in the green gas, and they have horrible nightmares, which are clips of previous episodes, or more common where clip shows are concerned, the party starts, nobody walks in with this evil Anubis urn, and it's just Jack, Mickey, and Ryan sipping champagne, eating hors d'oeuvres, and talking about, oh, well, you remember when we did this? Oh, well, yeah, but I remember when we did this. If they could have made it effective where they're, when they come back from whatever the scene was, mm-hmm. from black and white into color and whatever scene that they were that they're now sipping champagne during the party, yes, absolutely. And now you're saving even more money. Right. Now, what we do lose there is we're losing the character development slash interaction piece that yeah. we do like out of this episode. Yeah. And a new character. Yes. Rashid, and I don't know if, if we ever get to see him again, mm-hmm. but it is nice to see an old friend of Jack that doesn't either A, try to kill him, or B, get killed. Yeah. And <laughs> actually, R- Rashid really did deserve to be inside the goods, too. So maybe he, let's make him our bonus good, because okay. why not? Okay. Anyway, the, the, the gist is that if you could remove an episode because you know it's bad or it's just not going to be up to snuff or you can't tell me they got to episode 24 and they go, oh, my we're not going to have enough money to have episode number 26 done. We're going to have to come up with a bottle show or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, those are our thoughts on this episode, but we want to know what you think needed a little bit of work in this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Shoe polish machine. Yeah, let us know by heading over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Hit the contact button, fill out the contact form, and let us know your thoughts. It's time to take a break during the Curious Goods podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and a complete educational detailing of each episode of Friday the 13th, the series. We will be right back. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. 
Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From the Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. Editing podcasts can be ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com, that's EditorCore.com. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of each episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 1, Episode 26. Bottle of Dreams. Bottle of crap is more like it. Every time we come back from break, it's time to dig out our manifest moment. A manifest moment is where Nick and I acknowledge an actor's portrayal, a storytelling element, or something else that tripped our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what do you got? I'm going to stick with what I usually go for where manifest moments are concerned. I love me some character development, mm. especially when it has to do with one Mr. Jack Marshak, man of action. I love the fact that we learned that not only did Jack have a son, but he died tragically. This opens up a lot of doors where his character is concerned because one would think, okay, so I'm Jack and I'm into all this mystical stuff. I end up having a child and this child is very gifted. Mm -hmm. Now I'm even more invested in the supernatural. Oh no, my child dies because he's gone through my stuff and he's played with fire, he got burned, and now he's dead. Is this my fault? Now, of course, you know, where great storytelling is concerned, yes, he's going to be blaming himself. So there's that melancholy that runs through the character in every decision that he makes. It's one of the reasons why, if you go back and now watch, rewatch the whole first season, or just listen to our retellings, you can see the connection between Jack and Ryan getting stronger and stronger. I'm not saying that as of right now, Jack is projecting kind of a pseudo son relationship to Ryan, but he definitely does care about him more than just a colleague. Mm -hmm. And from what we know from Ryan's past with his father, because of uh, the episode Pipe Dreams, we know that Ryan is also probably looking for a strong male figure to mm -hmm. look up to. Mm -hmm. And that right there is definitely Jack Marshak. Sure. So moving forward, going into season two, I really hope, even though this was a mess of an episode, and technically speaking, if you take it out of the rotation, it does nothing to the overall narrative, except taking away the, the whole revelation of Jack's son. I really hope we get to see a little bit more of this. Or even maybe, hey, may, I, I, again, I don't know, but... I would love to see possibly Jack's son Peter isn't totally gone. Maybe he's still 
in that ether plane somewhere, and maybe he makes a visit or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Be interesting. But that is my manifest moment. Ether plane stuffs inside this series do not turn out well for most, so I hope not. <laughs> I am gonna smoke machine. You just need more smoke machine. That's all. You need. <laughs> That's right. I am gonna ride your rail of things that we would not have seen had it not been for this episode. However, inside of my manifest moment, my manifest moment is Rashid. Ah, okay. Rashid leans squarely into the wheelhouse of Sulla from the Indiana Jones history. You were named legacy. after the dog. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. And, and and so thumbs up. I mean, he's even got the fuzz. <laughs> he doesn't have nearly the the gravitas that John Reese Davies has. No. No. But I mean, he's good. He's something different. We didn't know anything about him, and it's one of another of Jack's networking connections that comes through not only in the pinch. But literally to save his life. He's got end. great dialogue too. Yeah. When, uh, when Lewis comes to taunt him and try to trick him into getting out of the pentagram, he's having none of it. He's not having none. Of it. He was like, "I love well, that." Uh, evidently, You're hell has it. made you yeah. stupid. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, "That's a great line. Yeah. Nice. That, that that is tremendous. That that is a that is the piece of the smart writing that I know. If we could have just gotten the writers more sandwiches or cash, <laughs> we would have gotten for this episode rather than nine and a half minutes at a time of you've got to be kidding me more clip show mm. and i just somewhere between what we got and what what could have been right i would have loved to have seen any of that that could have been a better platform not only for the tasty tidbit of jack marshak's dead boy but also for rashid who clearly is a, a gifted egyptian enchanter of some kind mm. that can help propel the storytelling Oh, what a miss, you know, just uh, it's a series of things that could have been and just weren't. That's where we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment inside this episode? Season one, episode 26. Bottle of dreams. Let us know what you think by going to our website. That's curiousgoodspodcast.com. Click on the web form. Fill out the web form. Make sure it's nothing we've ever heard before. And let us know what you think. Tasty vocabulary from this episode. We've only got one, but man, is it hearty. The vocabulary word for this episode is... Bottle episode. For those that aren't familiar with what a bottle episode is, it's essentially what we are calling a clip show, which is that the episode, especially the main story-propelling components, are made up of scenes, clips, and storytelling literally ripped from other episodes and then used as walkway stepping stones inside of what is a quote new episode. Mm -hmm. And I hate them. You as an audience member know the value of being able to call back to previous episode tidbits and how that can pay off in every single series you've ever seen. I'm going to showcase Star Trek, the next generation again, because their two hour finale is a bonanza of revisits that cost a lot of money. I totally agree. Right. But every single one of those visits, none of them were clips. They were all revisits. Right. And because the cast was able to dip back into what they either used to look like or they hadn't changed all that much or they were able to get the actors back to do something different, it all paid off in spades. Specifically the past stuff when they revisit the very first episode yeah. of Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes. Stuff like that, I think, if we could have incorporated a little bit more of that into this episode of Friday the 13th, it would have been great. But, of course, that costs money. Right. And one of the reasons to do a bottle episode is to save on money. Right. I just, somehow, going to go to grab leech moments out of valuable recontemplated moments inside the previous episode that are then leached into this episode that then means something. That's what I wanted. I, I wanted there to be some more puzzle piece fitting right. ability. And it was completely missing inside this episode. That I, is a bottle episode. I, I feel like anytime clip show slash bottle episodes are done in dramas, they usually fall flat. The, the bottle episode is usually used for situational comedies or sitcoms which make it very easy because it's a comedy. It's a, it's a sitcom. You're going back and you're revisiting 
funny stuff that you remember from old yeah, episodes. Yeah. Hey, Joey, remember that day when you and I blah, and then they they fade in or snap Alf, into it? Alf had a clip Alf, show. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious stuff, because I will watch, it doesn't matter what episode it is, I love revisiting Alf. Mm-hmm. So if I'm watching an episode where Alf himself is revisiting himself over and over, I'm still going to have a good time. What we've also neglected to give you inside of this very short description of the vocabulary word bottle episode is the actual definition. According to Wikipedia, the definition for bottle episode is an episode produced cheaply and restricted in scope so as to use few non-regular cast members, effects, and sets as possible. Uh, Score... You know, giant checkbox. Well, I mean, when you only have three characters anyway, you're, <laughs> you're, you're still doing it nice and cheap. I, I know that my disdain for this general episode, but this flavor of episode style in television, I know, is oozing through the mic. And it's intentional because I do want people to feel the same way that I do about these types of episodes. That's where we ask you guys, what vocabulary could you possibly pull from either our episode or this episode of Friday the 13th, the series? Let us know what you think by going to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click anywhere inside the web form. Fill it out. Quickly. Again. And again. And again. And tell us what you think. Episode. Ah, the rating for this episode, Season 1, Episode 26. Bottle of Dreams. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the pack. A brilliant episode that weaves tapestry of long history and legacy for our characters. The brazen trio of heroic figures inside of these hallowed walls of Friday the 13th. The series. A one is on the bottom, where someone is literally sitting with a pair of scissors and scotch tape to make this episode. A seven is average, where everything starts. The numbers go up with positives, not likely. The numbers go down with negatives, absolutely, most definitely. And Nick? There are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? Again, I'm I'm going to reiterate... I do not hate clip shows as much as Mike Wilkerson. I smell a butt monkey. I dislike them when they're not done properly. I enjoy them when they are done properly. Uh, My experience in clip shows is mostly from comedy shows. The fact that if you take away all the clips from the... And sure, it's only going to be a 15-minute episode. But if you take away all of the clips and just watched the stuff with Jack and Rashid trying to conjure the magic so that Jack could go into the dream world. Sure, it's a short episode, but that's great stuff. All of that was great. New character introduced, the return of our original villain, the whole reason why there's a show, and character development on Jack. Sadly, those 15 minutes of really great stuff does not save this episode in any way. And there are plenty of ways it could have been fixed, but of course, you, too little, too late. I mean, 35 years. 30, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> little too late to try to fix this one. Even though I know I, I want to lift this episode up a little bit more than it should be, I got to be honest. And even with the great character development of one Jack Marshak, I got to rate this episode a four. Because unlike you, I don't want to change people's opinion. If people like clip shows or even this clip show, they should have the choice to be able to do that. All right. All right. So I will join you in not my white hot hatred of, yes, it's a one. Fine. And I do see value in the 15 minutes that you absolutely are correct in that there was a piece to be salvaged. There's Mm -hmm. no question. What it also helps me understand is that especially in an age like today, where in 1988 there was a concept of the internet. The military and other organizations were using something that was kind of like the internet. Mm. And so knowing that we now have the availability where this could be an extracurricular webisode of a show that could be issued maybe 
dur- maybe during an offseason or a one shot. That's what this reminds me of is the, everything that we saw that was viable, even if you were to remove it from the episode, could be done in an effective one shot that's issued in an auxiliary fashion. Yeah. And it would work perfectly. It's additional character development. If there was something else on the web that was tethered to this that you wanted people to come and see and interact with, that's an instant in for something like this. The problem is that 35 years ago, there was nothing like that. And so as we watch the episode, especially because it's a clip show, even though it's laden with intense character development, even though it showcases a new character, which I gave our manifest moment to Mm -hmm. inside this episode, I cannot give this episode more than a two. That's where we ask you guys, what do you guys think of this ultra crappy clip show? Was it more along the lines of Nick's fever-ridden flavor color number? Or was it more something akin to my number? Or are we both wrong? Because I know we'll get that too, Nick. We'll, we'll get that. We just clearly don't get it. But we do want to hear what you think. Let us know what you think by going to our website over at Curious Goods Podcast. Fill out that web form. Fill it out and tell us what you think. Anyway, that's our review of Season 1, Episode 26, Bottle of Dreams. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Nicholas J. Hearn. I'm your other host, Mike Wilkerson. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. No, I don't want to. I just watched a clip show. I just watched a clip show. I want a clip show too. Ah! Insert the tone. You didn't say insert the tone every single time you did it. Oh, I thought I did. Sorry. No, you did. Okay. We're both professionals here. I don't understand. Would you like me to say it again? No, it's fine. Good. Because I wasn't going to. Good. Insert the tone.